welcome to the Game Under Repair podcast. We are back after a short break. We had some social obligations out in uh, Las Vegas for, for our boy Sam here last week or so, and then recovering from that. We did take a little bit of time out in uh, Scottsdale, did some golf out there. We should have an episode coming out soon to talk about that. But today we're going to be talking the Masters, so finishing up the tournament uh, yesterday, and we're here to talk about it. Joining me today is Sam and Audie. Uh, guys, how you guys doing? And uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the Masters? Hey, Mike. Doing good, man. Um, like you said, trying to recover. And I didn't join you guys out there, but hey, I played some golf while you guys were gone and tried to keep up with some family stuff. So definitely <laughs> definitely trying to get back on, on both feet here. But hey, dude, the Masters was great. I mean, for for people that enjoy golf, definitely got their energy and got their just the nostalgia back, seeing Tiger come back. So uh, the Masters was great. Yeah, it was probably had a lot of buildup, especially on this podcast and, and just from other golf fans I knew. But I think for me, it was more buildup than normal just because we've I've been paying attention more to some of the tournaments that are early on in the year versus just tuning in when the Masters start, which I think is a lot of golf fans because the Masters kind of signals spring for a lot of people. And now we're finally in the spring season. But I think there are a lot of good storylines coming in, obviously Tiger. And then the weather at the beginning of the week that kind of trickled into the weekend. But I think the golf, the golf was great all weekend and it was fun to watch. So I guess we'll start off just with kind of the biggest storyline, which is uh, world number one going into this week. Sky Shuffer goes out, wins it by three strokes, but you know, had a commanding five-stroke lead, basically. The second nine there is up by four most of the last round. Uh, I guess, what are you guys' thoughts on uh, Scotty's win? The guy just can't miss. I don't know what it is about his game right now, but it's just clicking for him. What's crazy to me when watching him was it, it never felt like when he got out of position off the tee that there was any real threat to anything worse than, you know, a bogey occasionally. He was so freaking good at those reco- you know, recovery shots or just in general shots into the green. And I think, you know, watching it, like there was not a better player. I think if you just watched the tournament at hitting into the green consistently. And so I think the fact that he was able to win and win with, you know, a pretty commanding way makes a lot of sense, you know, given the way he played this week. Sam, I think if you look at the stats, I think he's like, what, number one in scrambling from this past weekend? I think that's right. Andy's uh, number one in strokes game T to green, which was definitely reflected like just watching the broadcast, especially Thursday and then his massive round of like five under on Friday. Friday and Saturday, he held a one under when people were like seven, eight over. He just would, he just had his yardages dialed in. Like Thursday and Friday, at least watching featured group coverage, everybody was coming up short. Like, so short. Like, Rory kept hitting short of the green, and Scotty just kept hitting the green. It didn't matter where on the green, but he was just kept hitting the green. Um, when other people were just, they were coming up short or going too far. Or, so I think he just had his yardages dialed in. And even yesterday, I mean, people are like, oh, he's going to play it safe. And then all of a sudden, he, like, lands one two feet from the hole, or he chips in, and it's like, I just don't think he's changing his game. I think he has a lead, but I don't think he needed to because he's never like, it doesn't seem like he's pressing ever to like go right at greens. 
I think he's just hitting shots that he's comfortable with. And why change that on Sunday? Yeah, I thought for sure when he opened the round on Sunday, right? He did talk about after the round how he was pretty nervous. And I don't want to say it necessarily showed because even the first couple holes, he didn't like necessarily look like he was playing bad. But when, when he started off, slipped a little bit, and then Cam Smith was kind of kind of kept creeping up there, I, I would imagine he was probably starting to feel it a little bit, but then chipping in on three, it seemed like from that point forward, it was like, all right, there's, there's nothing that's going to face, face him the rest of the round, and he's just going to be able to walk in with a, with a huge victory any day. One thing about Scotty is the guy's got to smile or relax on the course. At least relax his shoulders. Just standing around, he just looks so tense. I'm like, dude, you're number one in the world. I mean, but if that's what it takes to get in the mindset, et cetera. Also, I don't know if he has tense. He might just like be like that. I mean, people are already saying he's like 45 in a 25 year old body. It it was pretty funny because there was a there was this shot that they had. I think it was on like 13 or 14, where it, the way the light was like hitting his face, it's like, God damn, he looks old as shit. And like, yeah. I was like, man, I watched Tiger all weekend, and Scotty looked older than Tiger this on on that shot, and I was like, that was that was weird. Yeah, Scotty on Sunday looked like when you're on Snapchat or TikTok and you put the old person filter on, and it like gives you bags under your eyes and stuff. I mean, probably because he was tired, because one, it's a long week for anyone, but then when you have the lead, like he probably didn't sleep very well, and then just the mental like. The mental game of of trying to make it all four days is tough. Well, and then add in you know this long week, he's had you know a long stretch to the season so far yeah. with those four wins, right? Like you know, whenever you're winning, you got more obligations and more you know more focus on you and all that stuff. So I bet his routines kind of chopped up a little bit with his new obligations of being world number one and starting to play in a way that people are taking notice and people, you know, want to talk to him. People want to more access to him. And so he's got to put more in, you know, every week to give people that access. So it probably does wear on. I'd be surprised to see when we see him play next. I'm not sure what his schedule is, but you know, hopefully he takes a little bit of a break off. Yeah, he said he was going home. He did not he didn't specify when he'd be back. <laughs> I mean he's you only have like thirty nine days till the PGA. Which just seems so, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like the majors are too cramped. Like one month, and then a month to U.S. Open, and then one to, like, you just have a month break in between? That just seems, I don't know. I mean, the season ends in October. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems very cramped. And then once you get done with once you get done with the Open, I feel like people stop paying attention again. I think partially, too, because of where the U.S. Open when the U.S. Open and the PGA move around so much, it's like if you're playing anywhere that's not in the southern half of the U.S., it's got to be yeah. in a basically a four-month span. And it's in that four-month span that they also play at Augusta and the Open. So it's like, yeah, I think it's just everybody wants the good weather. Also, uh, my last note for Scotty is the PGA is at Southern Hills, which he has said is his favorite golf course. And he's played it probably over 200 times. So uh, he could be back-to-back major winner here. All right. So I guess I guess with that, if you were picking today, would you pick Scotty to win the PGA at Southern Hills? I probably would with how the other top nine people played this week. Yeah, like, I'd have to say the same. Mike, it's like, I don't know. I don't know who else you would want to pick besides him. Cam Smith. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, maybe probably but, Cam. Hideki, but, maybe. I mean, 
I just here's the I thing. mean Rory I, finished second, but Rory just like sometimes it's just inconsistent. Oh, we're gonna talk about Rory, don't worry. But with yeah. with Cam, it's like I can't really buy. Like I definitely am like, hey, he probably could go out and win every week, but I can't sit here a month from like I can't pick him to win. I don't know why. I just don't trust him to be playing great a month from now. Yeah. I don't know what that says about him or me, but like I, I can see Scotty doing it for Scotty. So this is his first major, fourth win. I guess over under on career wins, we'll set it at ten. Do we think he's goes over or under on ten wins? He'll hit the over this year. I think. I mean, it's like ten he's got is four is, wins is, in is, two months. Yeah, ten is pretty modest given this trajectory. But like, you know, ten is also like uh, not not really a crazy high number when you're talking about a lot of these guys. I think he will get to twenty wins and eight majors. Wow. I would say, all right. If I was going majors, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say four. I think four majors. Brooks, what? Brooks has five. Five. And he's kind of falling off. Well, he had his injury last year, and I just, I feel like there's a lot of guys who are getting injured right now. And I have no reason to root against Scotty. So hopefully, right? If you know, if he's playing good golf, man, hopefully he wins wins twenty and gets eight majors. But I just think, I just think it's one of those things where with the majors. You got it. everything else has to be come together one of the four times. The odds of it happening are pretty low with how good the golfers are. So it just it feels like that more and more those those large number of wins, especially quickly, are going to be scarce. So I don't know. I think I'm gonna say four. He's a likable guy. I mean, he's he's got a really good game. Plays within his own head. Doesn't try anything obnoxious. I mean, I I think he's going to be widely successful to continue the streak that he's on. Dude, also, Scotty and his caddy, Ted Scott, they've only done nine tournaments together, and they've won four of them. And now Ted Scott's got three Masters wins. So, like, he's bumping up there in caddy caddy rankings here with three three titles. Who who are his three? I know Bubba is one, but... Uh, Bubba is two. Two of them. Oh, really? 12 and 14. Or 10 and and 14 or something like that. I'll admit, I... Not sure I remember that Bubba had won twice. But I guess um, with Scotty, so I guess you guys have a... I was thinking about this. So there's one shot for me that, that Scotty hit that really stood out to me. And I guess I just want to know your thoughts on on maybe what, your, what shot for Scotty kind of stood out the most. Like for me, it was on Saturday that the second shot or his third shot on 18 after having to take the drop. Like to step up, I think he was like 220 out and he hit like that three iron you know, over the right over the flag, basically off right off the back. Like to me, that was like, all right, if there was ever a time where he could slip up a little bit was you just hit probably your worst shot of the whole entire tournament <laughs> with that drive. And then just to kind of calmly get your ball, you know, back in play and then hit the shot he hit. I was like, well, you know, he was already winning by a lot then, but it was like, at that point, it's like, yeah, this, if he's going to be able to hit shots like that, then probably not going to get beat. Imagine if he didn't take the unplayable. He was deep in those bushes. I, I don't. It didn't seem like there was any way he could take a stance or even. Also, uh, golf conspiracy. He had said when they were looking for the ball on on air that he was looking for a tailor made number seven or a title. Actually, title. Uh, Titleist number, number seven. But the ball he hit was a six. So people are like, PGA, you got rid of the call in system. He could have signed an incorrect scorecard. I'm like, or he thought he was playing a seven, but he was actually playing a six. I mean, if you ask me what number ball I'm playing half the time, I got to go up to it and be like, oh, yeah, it was a red three. 
I'm assuming they have more markings on it than just the number. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, they so, have to. Yeah, I, I assume. But, hey, I do love a good conspiracy though. Yeah, also, people are like, he said a seven and the ball is a six, and I'm like, dude, his he uh, spoke. His free drop on three on on his final round that was a little questionable. I'm not, you know, I guess they they're calling the those the scoreboards temporary fixtures so gets mm-hmm. relief there i don't know it just seemed a little like the tide was turning a little bit that's a big relief for him and obviously when when he was able to chip in there like it kind of not saying that's what did cam smith in but cam smith definitely had the momentum before that and then definitely did not have the momentum after that hole yeah my uh scotty shot of the tournament was him putting on his vest and taking it off it was shots of the tournament the camera just like would not give him a break to be fair, though, he did it after every shot. So I think they had yeah, but, 60, 70 but the amount that, like, I think they made it look worse than it did than it was because they kept showing it. That's yeah, you put your vest on, you take it off because it's not comfortable. Yeah, but then, but then he had the same debacle when Hideki put the jacket I, on him. I'm just like, also, I've been there because you got long arms, and it's like awkward as heck because you don't know how they're putting the jacket on like if they bring the one side up too quick like your hand misses the pocket and then you're like oh i gotta like turn my arm the other way and it's like it's just there's a pretty big size difference too between hideki and uh and scotty so it's like i think i don't know it's it's like one of those things where it's like hey the tradition is kind of like yes the guy putting the jacket on you is like a tradition I don't know. That does nothing for me. It's like, just hand him the jacket. Let him put it on himself. Do I really need to see you stand there behind him while he's yeah. fumbling around with his arms? It was just no. funny. He, like, did a chicken wing and missed the second time. And then I was like, oh, God, after the vest stuff yesterday, people are going to be just roasting him. I thought it was hilarious, too, with Hideki. He just looked just lost up there because he had no idea what people were saying. <laughs> Also, I don't know why they really, like, I know they have to, like, set up for the stuff on the green. But, like, when they did the stuff with Hideki, I was like, oh, so we're done? And I turned it off, and then they do the stuff on the green. I'm like, well, I didn't know if they were doing the green stuff anymore. After, like, COVID, they may have changed. Oh, it's actually easier if we just do it in the clubhouse. It just felt like they did it twice, because then TV coverage goes away. So then you got to go to, like, Golf Channel. I just thought it was weird. It's telling that the TV coverage ends, right? That tells you how much priority they put on that. Like, I'm assuming they lose a ton of viewership as soon as that tournament ends because the festivities at the end are not usually that captivating. As soon as you see Hideki put the jacket on Scotty, people turn it off. Yeah, it cuts. Besides, like, Tiger's win in, in 19, after everything he went through, it's like, I post-round interviews are just never really that exciting. Yeah, I, you know, hit better shots you know had some that i wish i hit better it's like it's the same thing over and over again it's like you're not really going to get much out of it yeah so tiger his interview after sunday was awesome because i think him smiling walking off 18 i don't think he cared what he shot even going into the weekend friday looked like tiger was in a lot of pain walking on friday and i think him making the weekend i think he was well i mean he's always competitive but i think he wanted to make the weekend like that was his goal and then if he had to withdraw he had to withdraw but i think he was in a lot of pain on friday 
and then just kind of basically showed it to himself that he could push through and still play four competitive rounds. But Sunday, he just was like so happy to basically shoot a 78 and then what, a 76 or something. I think it's 78, 78. Yeah, he was just relieved that he was like able to do it. He's definitely, his interviews have definitely been more on the lighter side the past couple of years, um, which I think people enjoy. I don't, did you catch any of his, his uh, interview after the Saturday round where it was, it was probably the funniest I've seen Tiger when they asked him, you know, about the putting and he's like, he's like, man, it felt like I hit a thousand putts out there. And then it's like, what, what's like a practicing putting out there. And it was just like this really funny answer to like, man, obviously he was really bad on the greens, but like for him to be laughing about it and making jokes about, oh, I was out there. It you know, looked like I was putting practice out there. It's like, that kind of, like you're saying, Sam, probably showed where his mind was. And he's just, he was just happy to out there be playing. He probably knew he wasn't at the level where he could compete to win. And so it was like, all right, it's about going out there and, you know, having, I don't want to say necessarily just having fun, but like, you know, playing competitive golf again. Without hurting myself anymore. I'm glad the Tiger can be jovial about it all, though. That, that really shows where he's at mindset-wise. I think he sees all the young talent and how different it is from when he was a young golfer. I don't, there'll never be anyone like Tiger, but there probably won't even be anyone close to that because the young talent around people coming up and winning early is so tight that like no one can ever get out ahead and stay there. Last year, Rom was by far the best golfer in the world. And this year he can't putt to like save his life, but it's not that he's playing bad either. Rory is playing okay golf and usually seven under with an eight under round on Sunday would win the masters. It's going to be hard for Rory to win majors. And he's like one of the middle age guys that when he was younger, people were like, well, he's really just dominating right now because Tiger's got his stuff going on. And then all these young guys are coming in and now it's like every week is a battle. You think about it too. Rory's only 32. Yeah. Probably one of the biggest Tiger fans within the group here so i think i watched every single shot that he hit practice round warming up everything yeah i definitely think that it was exciting if nothing else it's just hey like he went out there and did it and it's like he might not be you know super competitive again and obviously he's not going to be very mobile right he looked pretty uncomfortable especially friday friday was really bad with the cold temperatures i mean i think also you got to remember too like Augusta is probably one of the hardest courses to like go walk, especially in his conditions. I mean, that, that's like basically saying like, hey, I'm going to start rock or I'm going to start, uh, you know, start hiking. It's like, I'm going to start at Mount, Mount Everest as the number one. It's like, probably not going to work out very well. Yeah, there was a photo of Tiger on Sunday walking downhill. And dude, it looked like his right leg was just about to like cave in and he was just going to like snap it. And I was like, oh my gosh. He like has to kick it out all awkwardly. Yeah. I think, yeah, downhill is obviously the part that gives them the most struggle. Yeah, that's so. definitely the hardest because you can't use any muscle to, like, brace the impact. Walking uphill, you can use all your calf muscles and stuff. But downhill, Mike and I, we used to be runners. Downhill, like, just wrecks your ankles and knees. It's hard to absorb any of the energy. When I was in Scottsdale, I, I did a, one of the, a hike, and it was, like, two and a half miles or whatever, up a mountain, down a mountain kind of thing. And up the mountain was about twice as easy as coming down a mountain. Because coming down that, I think it was like 1,400 feet of elevation, like coming down that, that quickly, is just like, holy shit, it, it hurts. 
uh, it hurts your knees, it hurts your you know ankles. It's just it's not fun. I know we're gonna talk like shots of the tournament, favorite shots, whatever. My favorite shot was not a Tiger Woods shot, but I thought that Tiger's shot on six on Thursday. This is when he was still technically top ten at that. His shot into six, where he stuck it to you know a couple feet, and it's just like, oh man, this <laughs> it's like this might be real. Like he might have a shot. If, honestly, it's just incredible. <laughs> That's about all I can say about it. It's just incredible. Yeah, my my favorite shot was his recoil shot on nine, I think, on Thursday from the woods. And it yeah. came up short, and he said, fuck that, or something, because <laughs> it rolled back. And he was so mad because he hit it so well. People were like, oh, he did the recoil. Man, if he would hit it like a yard farther, it wouldn't have rolled down. I feel like sometimes, too, he, he would have he had quite a bit of hot mics. But it was more like in jest this week, like when he had that hot mic. It wasn't pissed off. He was just like, are you kidding me? What the heck? Yeah. It just rolled 40 yards in front now because like the bounce wasn't what it needed to be or whatever. But it definitely looked like he was having fun and enjoyed being out there, which was nice. But the funnest part of the tournament, speaking of Rory, was his run on Sunday going eight under. Rory was like sneaky keeping himself in the tournament. I mean, yeah, he made he made the cut, but like, he was in the 50s after day one. On Friday, he was 32nd. Then he was like 14th. And then he finished second. Like he just, he was steady. He never had like a blow up hole. And he didn't go like super over par. On Saturday, when everyone went over, he went two under. Like we would think Rory would, being a top golfer in the world. But other top golfers were going over, and he was like, I did my two under. I'm happy with it because I see a bunch of people are going like five and six over. And then everything just clicked. Rory is so frustrating to watch, though, because you know he can do what he did on Sunday with that eight under round. But it feels like he can only do it if there's like no way in hell that he has a chance to win. And it's like somebody's tweet about that. (laughs) It's like it's because of putting. It's How far point. back is too far back? Plus one was too far back. That's the yeah. answer. If he would have had, you know, if he would have been able to get at like three, four under, it's like he has a legitimate shot to actually go out and win that. But on 18, Rory put himself in a terrible spot in the bunker, like middle bunker on the right, which Colin had a better shot. He was at the front of the bunker. But Rory shot, Nick Faldo ruined it. Because he just talks all the time during people's shots. And it just, he honestly is the worst golf announcer out of the whole crew. And there's some bad ones. He just like talked the whole way. The ball was going going down the hill and Faldo was just talking the whole time. Right before that, he threw it over and said, oh, cool. Something something amazing just happened. Can't wait to show it to you. And it's like, yeah. right, the next thing you're showing is Roy McIlroy in the bunker. Like, yeah. can't imagine what's about to happen. And then... Luckily, he wasn't able to spoil and ruin um, Morikawa's shot. But before we get to that, Rory's got to get some celebrations. He's like, he had a child and now he's like peak dad, everything. I don't know how the club went left and his hand went right. I've I've watched it in slow-mo. I don't know how the club like went that way. It looked like half jazzer size half like <laughs> pumping weights or half raise the roof half jazzer size or something like that and it was like i was cracking up 
probably as awkward as when Bryson just like did the fingers to the sky when oh when yeah he when did that drive at Bay Hill yeah. last year whatever like it was it was awkward absolutely but like one of the things is like man uh, like seeing Rory that excited is like man I haven't seen him that excited for a golf shot in like in years it's was really cool to see because a lot of times he hits really good golf shots and it's you know he gets a simple oh you know, yeah you know quick wave and and move on so it's like to see him celebrate like that was like oh shit there is a human being in there like he's he's not just a really a golf robot out there because of the shot by Rory and Colin there that's actually what I was going to say is my that was my favorite shot of the, or shots of the tournament just because Colin is one of those guys I feel like that if if you're like hey watch watch me do this shot and Colin's like all right well fuck it I'll do it too like I'm I'm better than you <laughs> because like Rory hit that uh hit that eagle on 13 and then Colin went and buried an eagle right on top of him and then you know Rory chipping in on 18 and Colin went all right I'll chip in too then <laughs> so I don't know man yeah. Colin, I it's a lot, of, a lot of swag from Colin Morikawa to be able to do that. Yeah, Rory said that was the happiest he's ever been in a tournament when that happened, just like in the whole tournament on a hole out and then have Colin, who I they probably get along. They're probably like, Colin seems like he gets along, but then have somebody do it as well to get both of you into the top five. Like, that's pretty pretty fun way to end with the crowd and everything there i thought with rory the other thing too so that was to tie the the scoring record there at augusta so like that's another thing too where it's like yeah the masters is an elusive victory for him but his name is still going to be all over the masters tournament whether he ever wins one or not with how good he's finished there over the years yeah the only bogey free round the whole week my last comment was my number one shot of the tournament was Sepp Straka on <laughs> number six, he blasted his tee shot 30 yards over the green into the stands, into the grandstands. Like, it was like, I don't know how you do that. Like, you missed the club by, like, three clubs. It was, <laughs> it was incredible. It was so it was far. Like, he hit I it, and I'm that. like, Oh, oh my, my god! Everybody was like coming up short because it was a back pin, and everybody like I was watching four or five. I I actually really enjoyed four five and six coverage on ESPN Plus this weekend. I just kind of like, well, because you know when the people tee off, they're tee off times. But then you're like, okay, like forty minutes will be through or forty five. But I was watching a lot of four five and six, and he hit it, and I'm like. Man, he like smoked this. This might actually get to the back because everybody was coming up short. And then they have it on the tee, and then all of a sudden they turn because he just blasted like ten rows into the stands. Like, thank God nobody got hit, but I he thought, like so. So I was paying attention. That. I was paying attention too because I I had him in my fantasy lineup this week, and I I I actually thought it was a joke. Like I thought the cameraman was like lost or something like that, and I was I like did too. Wait, he didn't actually hit it there, did he? And then, like you said, all the all the fans turned around too, and I was like, "Holy shit, he just hit it there!" I don't know if he got a gust of wind or what, but he smoked that, and it was just hilarious. I mean, he got relief, like you get relief out from the grandstand, but I, that was my shot of the tournament because I just started laughing because I was like, he literally saw everybody come up short, and he's like, seven iron, I need a three," and just smoked it. And then he parred. He got he yeah, got relief, sure. and then chipped up and parred. 
my shot of the round or the the tournament was going to be Bubba coming out of the woods on eighteen. Yeah. That's, Basically, a recreation just, of what he did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he does that. Nobody, nobody's going to talk about Stuart Sinks. Stuart Sink had a whole one. That, that's good. Um, nobody really cared because he was plus eight. I was so, to say, is there anything else to say besides? Yeah, he yeah. synced it. I was like Tommy right. Fleetwood last year. I mean, he got one, but yeah. And we had uh, we had the mystery machine show up along with peanut butter and jelly. Tony Finau kind of looked like he was in Scooby Doo. Flash wanted a PB and J, but I will say it was hideous. But if anybody pulls it off, like Finau is like the only golfer on tour who could ever wear something like that and still have some people say like, "Oh, it looks fine." It's a tough look, though. That's all I'll say. Yeah, yeah. Somebody it's tweeted, "I'm going to tell my kids this is what Clemson colors are like." <laughs> yeah. Conspiracy theory. So. um I don't really know if it is. Scotty Scheffler, right? Big Tiger Woods guy wearing his shoes, all that stuff. I'm pretty sure he wore the shirt that Tiger wore every day, but he wore it the next day. I'm pretty sure, like, Scotty's was his, Friday was shirt, shirt was Tiger's Well, I know Tiger's yeah, so Tiger, shirt was that navy. Did Scotty wear it I, on Sunday? Was that the same shirt? Okay, I don't I don't know. My, I was trying to figure it out. I was... I'll, I'll admit, you can't even find that shirt on Nike's website, so it's really hard to figure out if it was the exact same shirt. Yeah. Plus, Tyra was wearing his, and he wore an overshirt the whole time. Oh, yeah, so, he wore a sweater the whole time. Yeah, so sweater, so it's hard to collar. say. The collar, but the collars look really similar, and I, I I do know for a fact that what Tiger wore on Friday, Scotty wore on Saturday. So I, I'm thinking he's just like, all right, I'm going to wear whatever whatever Tiger wears. Did you see the tweet this morning where it showed that Scotty had seven different brands in his bag when he won the um I think it was a tournament to get into Q school. On the corn on the corn ferry. Yeah. I did see a stat to go back to what Sam said about how close the modern golfers are as far as like how competitive it is coming up. Like that Scotty, in order to get his like his uh his card for the PGA tour, came down to like he had to win in a playoff on like his last it was like his last tournament and he had to basically make like a you know, a 20 or 30 foot putt to win a playoff hole in order to get eligible for the PGA Tour and then, you know, made that putt and then obviously became tour eligible and is now world number one with four wins in his last six starts. It's just crazy to think like, all right, if that putt doesn't go in or he loses that playoff, right? Like, he, we may not even be talking about him right now. And like, that's kind of a crazy thought. It's true. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to get to the pool. My last shout out is Max Homa. Guaranteed he would make the weekend to the part of my take, guys. He gave him the 100% guarantee. Um, he did make the weekend. Um, and then he shot like 50, he shot 10 over on the weekend. So he at least made his goal of hitting the weekend. So good on Max Homa. Uh, he's getting roasted right now by the Barstool crew, but it is he's, he's a good person. He does some pretty good interviews with them. He said he's going to go low on Sunday because Saturday didn't turn out the way he wanted. So he's like, I'm going in the negatives tomorrow. And then right after his round, literally like a minute, he signed a score at all time take because he shot like six over on Sunday again. Uh, okay, here, I'll uh, give us some breakdown on our golf pool. So for those people who may have seen on Instagram, I run a golf pool for the majors and send it out to a bunch of friends and stuff. And you pick five golfers. They're sorted in five categories from – uh, odds to win. We used to do world golf rankings, but Tiger really messed that one up. 
So now we do odds by Vegas. So you choose one in five categories, three of them have to make the weekend. And then it's your lowest three scores. So the winning total was minus 13. Um, it was a runaway for the guy who won first. Katie, my fiance. We called it a true, a true Scotty Scheffler win for, for the Yeah, game. it was Scheffler, Zalatoris, and Cam Champ was the winning combo. Um, Katie's grandpa uh, got second, bagged a second place, thanks to Scotty shooting one under in the final round. And then Katie, with all-time, uh, she was dead last going into the weekend, 37th. Three people didn't make the cut. They had three golfers not make it to the weekend. And Katie was dead last, and she finished fifth. So she was she was in a tie for third until I input uh, Scotty's scores and then got dropped to fifth. But it was fun to watch. She had Rory, so that's why she made the, the run up the leaderboard. We all should have had All right, Rory. so among the game under repair folks, uh, I finished first in 15th out of 40. So uh, not too hot. What was, as what was your score to par? My score to par was one over. So I had three golfers okay. combined for one over. So none, uh, of the Ger- none of the Ger guys finished with an under par combined? Yes, correct. Nice. Good, good showing. Good showing from the guys. Uh, we had Pat was 25th with a six over. Audie was 30th with 11 over. Mike was 33rd out of 40 with 17 over. And Nate was 40 out of 40 with a combined score of 223 because he did not have enough golfers make the weekend. So one of his golfers got two 100s for Saturday and Sunday, and that put him at 223. So unfortunately for Nate, came dead last, easy money. Yeah, last place does not get your money back. He just gets Um, shamed at the next one. I will say I don't think I've ever come in last doing this. Mike, Mike and I, our roommate CW, usually comes in last, and his picks aren't even that bad. It just somehow used to always work out that way. He did come in sixth, so he is starting off 2022 hot. He's improving. Hey, yep. I picked Scheffler, so I had that going for me. There you go. Audie, you picked Scheffler and came 30th. That's impressive. CW and Nate both have new perspectives, so it's interesting to see how – how one of them is taking advantage of that and the other one is neat. Yeah. Oh man, Audie. That's a rough, that's a rough group of golfers you had. I know. You had Scheffler and then Cantley at seven and then Max Homa at 14 over. Ooh, man, that one hurt. But yeah, I think uh, one thing someone emailed me, I think I'm going to put a blank group of five and do what the best combined would be. So we can see who the winner of the golf pool is compared to like the ideal um like if you had the top person in each of the five categories oh it's like on a sunday That's kind yeah of cool. like they tell you hey your score was this out of this would be the best possible score yeah gotcha. hey sam no need to no need to do a blank one if you just take mine for the next for the pga championship <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do, Wait, I can, do I get, like, uh, can i get bryson can i get bryson in group yeah. three is that yeah, Bryson shot a 22 over this weekend if you take yeah. par 67. I think ever since he made those comments, he's played like absolute shit here. So. Dude, what is also, it, like 132 over or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah also, I just feel like sometimes people come back from injuries way too soon. Like, I, I really think he's still hurt. It's oh, I, I think he is. Because he, because he, like, still entered the tournament and played. So it's not an excuse, but it's like, 
dude, it's okay to like miss the masters. Like you're going to be in the masters. You're a major winner. You'll be in the masters next year. <laughs> like yeah, I, get healthy. Here's the only thing I'll say. If I ever had the chance to play Augusta national, I think I wouldn't pass it up to so, any closing thoughts here before we wrap up this, this episode. I was going to say that Zalatoris uh, for first two masters to be like second. And then I think he was like tied for sixth, yeah. uh, pretty good showing for your first two masters. There were a lot of comments about his putting. Hey, he's, that he's it figured didn't it look out that though. Bad. Yeah, it doesn't it look, look it bad. doesn't look great, but it doesn't look as bad. Yeah. But he could be someone to someone to look out for moving forward. I think Corey Connors may be my new guy to follow. Um, I had him in the pool, and he is just like slow and steady, and I kind of like that. Oh, he played last uh, year. Him and Cantley were neck and neck last year. Yeah. So I uh, I think Corey Connors may be my new my new person to to start following here. I'm uh, I'm selling Terrell Haddon. So, I, did you did y'all see his comments after his his he finished the tournament? I, which one? Yeah, like, I didn't really pick, read them. Pick one. <laughs> what, well, what do you say? The whole Ed Tribe went on. Yeah, I, basically saying that the course is too hard and it's not rewarding for good shots. And he says that he hates it there. Yeah, wild take. To be fair, though, he was seventeen over after four days. I also might say that too. I just love watching him. He is fun to watch. He just, just because also, you don't know what's going to happen. Also, he just does stuff that we would do when we get fed up with the hole. Like yesterday, he turned his putter into a machine gun. <laughs> he just like he was trying to blow up the green because it was so frustrating. It's uh, like, some people were saying some people saying that he was aiming at the uh, at the volunteers to really just stick it to the masters. So I think he was just like frustrated with everything. It was just like great, just like get me out of here. I thought, yeah, I mean, obviously the pairing between him and Billy Horschel, I think they just, Dude. the announcers even got to the point on the featured groups where they were, they wouldn't even talk. They would just, hey, yeah. we're just going to, we're just going to point the camera at him and hear what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm selling Hatton to win, but I'm buying him in a featured group. I want to watch every shot. Put him, oh, yeah. put him mic'd up. I think is he if I hope he's on the the Netflix. Oh, documentary. dude, the Netflix! Oh my <laughs> god! I hope they have an entire episode dedicated to just like saying shit on the golf course, and it's like, oh, this is just or just like put it at the end of episode, Bro. like it's like post credits. It's, it's like this is not you, safe for work, and it's just like <laughs> just dropping f bombs and stuff. It, that's gonna be their their Marvel moment. It's just if you stick around, you're gonna get rewarded by Hatton just. Yeah, on the golf course all year. I was gonna say, I was gonna say one last note on Terrell. <laughs> I like Jason Sobel's tweet, and he said, "I'd pay good money for a live stream of Terrell Hatton and Billy Horschel getting cut off in traffic, having a flight canceled, and arriving at a <laughs> restaurant that just closed." <laughs> yeah, I just want to. I want them to be paired like every round, every tournament. But yeah, the Masters was fun. Great weekend. Um, Hopefully, PGA uh, will be just as fun. And then we're off to the Open. U.S. Open. And we're off to the American Open. Yeah, the American Open. I didn't know there was. Is there, is there more than one Open? I thought it was all